0: Insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander in chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his properties. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals, and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more, before it's too late. back to Little Dane Radio. On the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Drummond, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's air code 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. Um, at the bottom half of the hour, we will be talking to State Representative Mandy Landry for a little bit to discuss her reelection campaign. We had her on as a guest earlier. Uh, we had one of her opponents uh, on last uh, Monday. Um, ed carlson um and they get along great they get along fine um and we also had invited uh, madison o'malley the other candidate in the race to be on the show she canceled last minute and has not made any attempt to be on the show again and we are learning why that is the case uh, as we've seen uh many examples as to why <coughs> what there's lots of stuff that uh ms o'malley has to hide lots of questions that ms o'malley does not want to answer Uh, perhaps we'll delve into some of that perhaps we won't we will see Uh, but as the incumbent uh, um, you know we are we're going to see that hopefully this election is this saturday and we're going to see what takes place and what transpires on saturday and we'll see what the results are. Of course, Louisiana, we have open primaries. And as such, if nobody gets a majority of the uh, ballot in the first round, the top two candidates go into a runoff election. Uh, so we, we, will, we will be discussing a lot of that. Um, we, me and, me and uh, Landry have uh, some problems with the uh, heads of the party so to speak, and uh, we have issues with, with, with the party locally, with the party on the state level. So it's, it's, you know, we have our beats, let's put it that way, but how much we talk about that versus issues pretending to the campaign in and of itself, uh, we'll go from there, but definitely wanted to give, uh, the incumbent, uh, the honorable Mandy Landry, the opportunity to come on the show and, uh, have her say, as well as I've given every candidate in the election the ability to have their say as well. Um, After uh, the interview with uh, Mandy Landry, we are going to be discussing in more in-depth detail the issues pertaining to uh, Israel, Hamas, Palestinians, what's going on over there. If you follow my Twitter account, uh, at Liberal Land Radio on Twitter, uh, you will see uh, that I've I've kind of teased some of that already, um, and I've teased some of that also at liberal Dan Radio on Facebook as well, where I've discussed some of that. Uh, however, um, you know we're gonna t- be discussing most of that. I don't want to I didn't want to like start talking about it the the beef the main portion of that discussion and then stop to talk to uh, Mandy and then continue on talking about that. so so the main portion of the discussion. That I'm going to have will be after the interview with Landry. However, um, I will be uh, there'll, there'll, there'll be some little nuggets that I'll talk about before that. But before we get into all that, I just wanted to remind everybody to if you've not already done so, please remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're not a subscriber already. It's the best way to help the channel. Uh, also, another way to help the channel with at no cost to you is to just go ahead and interact with other videos, like them, comment on them, share them with your friends if you like them as well. Uh, get your other friends to subscribe. We're trying to make that push to hit 1,000 subscribers. Um, once I get monetized, I need 1,000 subscribers and enough hours worth of views to become monetized. Once that happens, I'll be streaming also to Twitch. I'll put the money up to, to, to get the software needed to be able to go both ways, so to speak. And we're working on working on monetizing, becoming an affiliate there as well. So if you've not already done so, go to twitch.tv slash liberal day and radio, and you can subs- follow me there as well. That's also no cost as well. What's going on, Steve? Thank you. Um, appreciate you. Uh, thank you for subscribing as well. Uh, shout out to Jackie, Elizabeth, uh, Jolie and Aaron, the Mod Squad, uh, Jeff, uh, Elizabeth had said, Tucker Johns in the chat. Uh, nice to see you. I have dual copies of that screen. That was very weird. Which, my screens have been acting up recently. I don't know what's going on with my, I might I might need a new little uh, do I have a little splitter thing that splits um, from a micro USB, not a micro, from or a USB-C. It splits out into H, two HDMIs. And I think it's getting old. I think it needs to be replaced. I'm hoping it's that device and not the port itself because my my screens have not been giving me beef. Um, but yeah, anywho, that's been giving me that's been giving me fits. But anyway, other ways to to help me if you want, you can become a Liberal Dan Radio patron, patreoncom dan or Patreon.LiberalDan.com. Either way, it'll get you there. You could buy me a cider. Um, uh, Go to the web webpage, click the Buy Me Cider button, or just go to BuyMeCoffee.com slash radio and buy me a cider that way, or you can Venmo me, LiberalBan, on Venmo as well. I don't have Cash App yet. Not as fancy as hell. So, um, not that having Cash App is, is fancy, but, you know, uh, I'm working my way up there. So, we're, we're getting there. Um, let me just make sure to... Uh, message Mandy on Twitter just to make sure uh, she has a number 914803 nope 803 4131 just to make sure that she has the number just to make sure you have it she's in the process of doing the final push uh, I was I wanted to go today. There was a, my guest on Wednesday is Britt Goddafi. I also had her on the podcast as well um, previously, uh, and she's running for state senate seat up on the North Shore. We'll have her on the podcast again. We're going to try and do use her Zoom to have a video chat. We're going to make that attempt to have that happen. We'll see if it works. She'll she'll be she'll be the interview that starts off the show instead of normally having somebody on at eight thirty like I normally do. Uh, we have, uh, we'll have her on at eight, at eight o'clock and then we'll talk other issues as well. Um, let's see. Uh, easy, let up. with This is, uh, the place I usually go to is a, it's a local uh, cidery. They, they, um, they make and ferment their own ciders and meads. So it's, it's a great little place. And if you ever come to New Orleans, I'd be happy to go with you and, and have, join me and I'm happy to buy you a cider, happy to buy you a cider right back. So, um, you buy me a cider. You don't even have to buy me a cider here for me to buy you a cider right back. But if you're in New Orleans and we want to hang out, I'd be more than happy to buy your first round if you're, if you're here in the city and you want to join join with me for a cider if, it is, if, you, do, uh, if you do partake in the, uh, in the beverages. So, we def- definitely like meeting the listeners as well. So, hey, Jojo Mojo Jojo, good to see you. What do I want to talk about before Mandy gets here? Okay, I've got a, got a few minutes to go before that happens. But one of the things we do want to talk about is something that I think um Midas Media brought up, other people have brought up, uh is the fact that it's through through a, a hopping of information. Um Donald Trump uh shared allegedly shared information with uh Russia. Um, and <clears throat> russia about israel's iron dome and everyone believes that russia then shared that information with iran and then iran shared that information with hamas so everybody believes that it's possible that the the way that um hamas was able to catch israel so flat-footed on saturday was that donald trump by giving russia the classified information that Hamas was able to get around the Iron Dome system. And as such, it was Donald Trump's fault by his sharing classified information with Putin. Now, everybody is... And Tom Hartman talked about it as well. Um, So it's not 100% verified, but, but it's one of the things that that's dangerous with Donald Trump and how he deals with classified information to begin with. He feels that he had the absolute right to share information with whoever he felt he needed to share classified information with. And the problem is, is that when Donald Trump is beholden to so many people, because he has so much debt with so many people that those people can hold that debt over his head. And normally when people are granted, uh, you know, clearance, whether or not they're granted clearance is sometimes will sometimes be determined whether or not they have, you know, debt that can be held over their heads. But when you're the president, they can't do that because you're the president. So you automatically get clearance to be able to see whatever it is that you want to see. So, and again, the the, the link here, a flashback. Trump shared classified intelligence from Israel with Russia and admitted to it. And Israel intelligence feared it would end up in the hands of Iran. And it's like, it is hard to follow, um, added musician and author, Mikhail Jollett. Trump gave military until the Russians. The Russians, who are extremely close allies to Iran, gave it to Iran. Iran gave the information to Hamas. Hamas uses to attack Israel. That's why intel security mar- matters. Republicans do not care. Um, and then Trump's office is probably never going to comment about that. Um now we have not seen evidence. So according to Anthony Blinken, we have not seen evidence that Iran directed was behind this particular attack. But there is certainly a long relationship. But even if Iran wasn't behind this attack, they might have previously given the information to Hamas. And it just it just goes to show that Donald Trump cannot be trusted with any sensitive material. Donald Trump cannot be trusted with any information pertaining to the national security of of our nation or the national security of any of our allies, because he's going to use it to benefit himself, and that could very well mean giving the information to people who are either our enemies or the enemies of our allies, or giving it to people who will put it into the hands of the enemies of our allies. But no, instead of blaming Trump, the Republicans are going to find some way to blame Biden for all this because they're stupid. Uh, yes, and elections have consequences, um, and the consequences, unfortunately. Uh, and Khalil, if that's you, I think that's Khalil. Hold on, a we'll get to you in a second. Um, elections absolutely have consequences. I think I've heard a Jeff Curry. I heard a rumor that Jolie was streaking around for a half hour recently. Uh, Pixar, it didn't happen. Um, Tim Farrell, pure speculation. I would not put it past him, though. Well, it's not necessarily speculation that Trump shared shared information. I think Trump admitted to sharing the information. I think he even said it was his prerogative to share the information. I don't think that's speculation. The speculation is whether or not the information got from Russia to Iran to Hamas that's whatever now easy network says I've no doubt that Iran funded the Hamas attack I don't necessarily think that I mean it it could have I don't think it's with the frozen funds that were unfrozen I think the Republicans are jumping the shark with that one too because I don't think there was time for those funds to be unfrozen and then have made it to Iran and and then Iran be able to send out whatever materials would be needed for this attack but I think that's being ridiculous. Now, whether or not, if it's shown that Iran was participating in this attack, then sure, we should maybe go ahead and refreeze the funds, but we should only refreeze the funds if it's shown that they were behind the attack. So, um, hold on, I think, again, I'll get to you in a second. Hold on, caller. I think that's Khalil. Um, Do-do-do-do-do. According to this article, it says, uh, in May 2017, the former president defended his actions after he was found to have discussed sensitive details about an alleged Islamic State ISIS plot with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Ambassador Sergei Kislyak in the Oval Office. Trump said he had the absolute right to do so. The intel was said to have been provided to the U.S. from Israel. So the Israel provided the United States with intel, and Trump shared that information with Russia. And Trump said he had the absolute right to do so. That's what Trump admitted to sharing the information with Russia with. Um, it was suggested at the time that the former president handing over sensitive information from Israel could have damaged relations between the two countries. Um, if Trump did, that is death penalty level trees. Well, <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, easy. Hal mentioned Iran never withdrew any funds. I mean, because there's no time between the time where we unfroze them and the time when the attacks happen. So, um, and even if they, again, if they did, if the amount of the, the Republicans, Republicans trying to blame the unfreezing of the funds uh, on this attack is just pure partisan hackery. Hey, is this Khalil? I think. Yeah.
1: Hey. Hey. What's
2: how going you doing?
0: on? Good. How are you?
1: Nothing much. Pretty good.
0: So how, how's your, how was your How' your weekend
1: Pretty good yep i um i'm going to um i can't i don't know what to do i've been with this group for a long time it's um the um mom's the main action group the one for uh, gun safety i don't right. know whether to go to that or go to um another group because i've been doing Mom's the main action for a while. I don't know whether to take a break or whether to – and do something different mm-hmm. to make up for it or um, do an activity because basically I've been trying to figure this out because it's like things always happen at the wrong time. I hate it.
0: Well, you know, I, the story of my life, getting getting involved in too many things and, you know, so sometimes it's good to take a break off of one and go to the other. But, you know, it is what it is. Wait, sorry. That's, that's Trump's line. Um, wait, I don't even know where I put that. I have too many clips on my thing. I don't even know where. I, there it is. Wait, there it, it is. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Anyway, so, um, any anything, any, any, did you want to make any comments or were you just listening along?
1: I wanted to make a comment about, um, people with their, um, I don't know if I told you about this, their priorities out of whack when it comes to military and all that stuff.
0: hmm Oh, like, sure. Um, I mean, the, it's been the for a while. Go is, ahead. Go ahead. The
1: funniest, not funny, laughable, but the funniest weird thing is, like, when it came to going to Iraq, people didn't really mind. But when it comes to actually going to actually help a country, even even if it's a country that the U.S. government has messed up, all of a sudden people are against it. It mm. kind of – something is wrong. When we can't go to – when we, when are going to um, – what is it? Um, Ukraine's a problem, but not going to Iraq is a problem. I mean, but going to Iraq's not a problem. There's something wrong. Something seriously
0: wrong. Well, you know, going to Iraq was about getting back at uh, Saddam for oil and also for getting back at Saddam for going after Bush's dad and not actually, you know, getting back at anything for 9-11 because there was no there there. there. And so – but the problem is, is that the problem with Ukraine is that the Republicans are understand or the Republican politicians understand that Donald Trump is beholden to, to, to Putin, and they don't want to piss, piss off Trump uh, because they don't want to make Putin angry, so they want to make sure that Trump stays happy, so in order for Trump to stay happy, they need to make Putin happy, so they have to be against uh, the warn. they have to be against helping Ukraine, so then they're going to be against Biden helping Ukraine so especially the MAGA folks so which is why they are taking such a hard stance against any help in uh, against ukraine which is bizarre because it used to be that the extremist conservative republicans would be the ones who would be taking the hardest lines against russia against putin like what when they had the 2016 elections you had uh, one of the hardest lines, uh, the I forget which Republican it was, one of the women running for president under the under the Republican banner, who was like, I want to park the Fifth Fleet off the coast of Russia. And I'm like, don't poke the bear. Like, you know, you're not supposed to, I mean, I'm not saying you should support the bear, but don't poke the bear either. But they there and, and they used to like, want to take a hard line against against Russia, especially former Soviet KGB types like Putin. Like they used to, you know, imagine their hero Ronald Reagan, what their hero Ronald Reagan would say if they were right now, if he could see them right now pandering to... Hello?
1: Hello?
0: Thank you, fake fake blog talk radio Siri. <laughs> See, as I was saying, it was my internet screwing up because it was my internet that kicked me off of blog talk radio on top of kicking me off of um, whatever. I don't know why that kicked off um, Khalil, which is weird, but maybe, maybe he hung up because he stopped hearing me. I don't know, but you know. Maybe maybe Block Clock Radio just didn't like it because it I is what Donald it Trump. is. Thank you, Donald. Um, what's going on, Jaggy? Thank you for joining. I don't have the best Reagan impression. Maybe I have a good Reagan if he was a Southerner. Well, um, anywho, we've got seven more minutes though. One of the other things I want to talk about: apparently, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he's going to run for president as an independent. So that should be interesting. Wonder how many uh, how many ballots he's gonna get on? what percentage of the vote he's going to get as an independent. Um, I don't think he's going to harm anybody um, either side of the aisle. Uh, according to according to some opinion article on MSNBC, it says Robert F. Kennedy Jr's campaign is just strange enough uh, to just shake it up in in, in some way. Uh, he could siphon off voters from both parties. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I it's just crazy because he's running as an independent. Though here's the thing, I'm sure Donald Trump loved that R.F. candidate R.F.K. Jr. If he would be running as in the Democratic ticket, Donald Trump would have loved if if R.F.K. Jr was going to be running as a, as a Democrat and challenging Joe Biden. But now that RFK Jr. is going to be running as an independent and RFK Jr. might now be taking swipes at Donald Trump as in the general election, now Donald Trump is going to attack RFK Jr., which should now make things a little more interesting because now if RF, whenever RFK Jr. is going to take a shot at trump trump is known to mock people with disabilities and if trump mocks people with disabilities i mean you know his base isn't going to have a problem with it but you never know how that's going to potentially harm him with the the centrists with the with the people who might have been swayed to vote for trump again for some stupid reason but you know it is what it is he's going to he's going to mock his he's going to mock his speech impediment just like he mocked uh the reporter for his disability uh just like the conservatives mocked Joe Biden for his stutter. so uh, maybe he might siphon off some general election votes from extremist left-wingers folks who just will never who who just hate Biden but maybe he'll just Maybe in reality, the people who he gets to vote for him are left-wingers who would never have voted for Biden in the first place at all, regardless. Maybe they would have never voted for a Democrat at all. Maybe they were just people who would vote for like a Jill Stein and never would vote for a Democrat ever. Maybe maybe, maybe he'll get some people who are, you know, never Trumpers who would also never vote for a Democrat either. Maybe he'll pick up some oddball people here or there. How will he affect the election? I don't know, I can't say, um, but I think because he's running third party um, and running as an because he might be because he will be running as an independent, I think that's going to open up the floodgates and have Donald Trump attack him more, which will uh, make all of the people who were who were magically loving the fact that he was challenging Biden now start attacking him for daring to challenge Donald Trump so R.F.A. Junior. is a big sucking sound. Well, that's true too. I mean, it's, he's crazy. I mean, the big anti-vaxxer ridiculousness. He's made anti-Semitic comments. Um, we've talked about that before. I've made my I made a video about that before. It's on the channel. You can look it up. um R.F.A. <clears throat> admitted he would take votes away from Trump running as an independent. He probably would. Uh, I hope RFK can take some of the crazy vote away from Trump. I don't know, Wes. I mean, the crazy – I don't think he'll take the crazy vote away from Trump. I think he might pick up some of his own crazy. I mean, the crazy vote that RFK Jr. gets might be some of the crazy that would vote for like Vermin Supreme or whatever his name is from the Libertarian Party. (laughs) No sane person will vote for RFK. That that could be just a simple – that could be just the one question test you need on a on, on a on a gun application. If you want to get if you want to go buy a gun, did you vote for R F K Jr. Yes. Sorry, dude, you can't get his gun. I you can't do it. I'm sorry, it's just not allowed. Uh, West Web I troll on MAGA site on Facebook. They say that Michelle. Um, yeah, that's typical par for the course stuff that you know. Is all, Those two are, are this – there's one Facebook group that I'm in that basically – or the tag group does, that's basically conservatives have two jokes and they're both not funny. Um, and that's usually that, – that's two of the jokes that they have and that, that neither of them are funny. So um, they repeat that over and over and over again, and it's ridiculous. Vermin Supreme, yes, that's that's – I think that's the name of the – of the candidate who ran for one of the people who ran for president of the libertarian i did an, i did an interview one of the one of the libertarian candidates um on my show previously but it wasn't vermin supreme uh vermin love supreme is an american performance artist and activist who has run as a candidate in various local state and national elections Maga people never got out of the playground. Well, you know, well, well, they got into the playground and then they got hit and they fell off the they fell off the swing set and hit their head on the ground because they tried to do a flip and failed. Um, that's why Donald Trump said that he loved the poorly educated because they never made it out of the fifth grade, I guess. Too many contusions or whatever, head trauma, brain injury that they might have dealt with had to, and then you know, of course. Didn't want to take any whatever. Oh, I didn't even see Alarasia hop in. Hey, Alarasia. Nice to see you. As I scroll back to see if I'm missing little Mimi, what's going on? I missed a whole bunch of people jumping in as I was doing some sort of rant, I suppose. Um, I'm guessing that's Mandy.
3: Hello.
0: Hello. This is Mandy
3: hey yeah I'm sorry I'm in the car for the next few minutes I uh, I miscalculated my
0: time that's that's fine I'm I, I'll forgive you <laughs> how are hey, you doing today yeah. <laughs> so five minutes.
3: Got, um yeah. I can't wait to be over with all this <laughs> it's the time in the campaign where I'm like obsessed with myself and exhausted and just I don't know can't sleep.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's so. the uh, it's, it's it's the uh, final final countdown. You know, yep, if, I,
2: I,
3: yep. if I
0: wasn't afraid of copyright bans or whatever on YouTube, I'd have <laughs> to start. The, the final
3: countdown. I okay, so gotta uh, make it. Four more days.
0: Yeah, four more days. Uh, hopefully, you know, you can take it. You know, in in the is there any polling going on about the race? Or is, is anybody doing any polling or?
3: Um, the last one on my race was couple weeks ago and you know it was fine of course she started her gross attacks since then but from what i can tell a lot of them seem to be backfiring um Mm -hmm. of course you know people aren't calling me to tell me that they agree with her or anything so i should be fine um but you know stranger things have happened
0: yeah i mean it it's it's just so bizarre. Like like I mean I guess it shouldn't be too bizarre. I guess it shouldn't be too shocked by all the things that are going on because it is politics, and it is you know we, we 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 see lots of horrible things going on with politics all the time. But I mean from from the you know I I ranted about what happened on in the Channel Six debate or the the hot seat thing, and I've already you know I've covered that on the show already and. I have you know I I don't understand, you know, all the support she's getting when when you know it it's, it's clear like it's clear that there's 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 lots of questions that are unanswered and that people and that it's clear that she doesn't want to answer any of the questions and and she doesn't even know how to answer some of the questions like and when I was when I was working in the, I worked for Pan American Life for a bit, so I've worked in the insurance industry. I mean, I'm I'm a software developer, but as as part of my job, I, I needed to learn about insurance so I could know how to do my job better. And okay. you know, when she was asked the question about insurance, I mean, she said a lot of big words to make her sound like I guess to make her sound educated to the people who don't know. But it was just word salad. There was nothing meaningful in anything that she said. Like, you're,
3: far from the, you're far from the uh? first person to say that, and you, you're far from the first person to say that or use those exact words. Um, okay. She claims to have a lot of experience helping homeowners post Idaho with insurance claims. And, look, I'll just say the evidence does not support that at all. Um, The company she claims to have formed with someone else was formed in early Mm 22. Her campaign, all uh, candidates and elected officials have to file an annual financial disclosure in August. And so her form said she made less than $5,000 from that company last year. And uh, it was the spring when she started talking about her experience in insurance. So her experience could have only been in the prior year. And I guess she, she, parts five dollars a client because she I said know. she had hundreds. She said she had hundreds of clients verbally and in writing. So clearly there's something afoot there, but it's hard to prove a negative. But you're right. It's just it's I've heard at all the forums and events, homeowners insurance is a problem. It's a problem, like no joke. Okay, what would you want to do about it? And she never even copied. My talk, talking points, which is what I expected her to do, because her entire website and bio is a copy of mine. Um, it, it's weird. The whole thing is weird. Yeah, when I read her her bio and her website, I was like, "This person is trying to steal my identity."
0: It was so creepy. Right. Yeah. I
3: mean,
0: I mean, honestly, I mean, to talk about other, I mean, the only, I well, will only say of the of the other candidates that are running for anything in the election, like there's one one of the gubernatorial candidates. Uh, is i forget his name but like he's actually said one of the same things that i've said forever which is that right if you're going to write insurance in the state you don't you shouldn't get to pick and choose what's your right like write everything or write nothing because my problem with citizens is that we're forcing citizens insurance to write all the bad policies but we're not letting them to benefit from running the good policies so then that's not how insurance is supposed to work. You're supposed to have a big pooling right, right. effect that allows people to get mm-hmm. um, to a lot of people offset bad risk with good risk. That's how you can have as an employer. You know, an employer can write just write a plan for everybody, and they don't you don't mm-hmm. have it like when like to explain this I guess to a way that everybody can understand for health insurance in a health insurance way. When you go apply for when you go mm-hmm. get insurance at an employer, you don't have to do any like testing to see whether or not you're insurable, because you're, you're, especially before the ACA, because y- your pool was large enough that they didn't have to worry about that because, yeah, you might have a bad, a big health risk, but someone else is going to offset you with their good health risk. So pooling effect, that's how it works. And yeah. that's how it,
3: <sighs> I mean, anyway. that's not all of it. Like, of course, like, some people end up on citizens because, you know, they're in a low-lying area or they won't be insured. But a lot of the uh, policies on citizens are... Because companies went bankrupt. Right. And those were, you know, good people, good, uh, I shouldn't say good people, um, you know, housing in areas that was not terrible. And but they had not great insurance because of whether it's affordability or that's just what happened. So there are there are different reasons. And part of it, you're right, is that citizens have to charge 10% above market rate. And I understand there was a reason given for that when they created it. I don't know the reason now.
0: Right. It's, 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 it's screw, but people, yeah. But when you have a, you have a candidate trying to talk about insurance and like, I remember like you, you were at your, your, your birthday celebration Mm -hmm. and you were talking about, you know, you, you have things that you rely on other people where you're not an expert on. And you know mm-hmm. you lean on them for those things, and other people have things that lean on you on, and that's how it should work. So if if you're like yeah. she's she's a she's a your your opponent is a political novice, and she's talking about things that she has no ideas about, and so she's making herself look like the novice that she is and not ready for prime time. And it's one of the things that is really problematic ab- about you know her initially, and then comes things like. Where the hell did the $137,000 loan come from?
3: (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, I realized early on that – I realized early on how much she was being controlled by consultants and other people because at one of the first forums, she was talking about, you know, trying to slam the redistricting, which she didn't understand at all. And she's like, and my opponent took a vote on XYZ. No, no – there's no way she knows that phrase. No, there's no, there's no way. And even outside of politics, you don't probably, you probably don't know that phrase. And that's happened a few times. And like, she doesn't understand what she's saying here. Um, and one time she said, she's like, you know, my opponent has never filed an insurance bill. Well, I'm not on the insurance committee. I have, multiple other issues that I work on heavily, but it's like when you're grasping at straws, that's all you're going to find. And right. That kind of, that shows a lot of what's going on there. It's, You know, I hate to say they're being taken advantage of because they're full grown adults <laughs> who agreed to what they're doing, but that is part of the story is that it's their money. That's their marks. And um, those are my dogs. <laughs> they're right. marks And, um, they they wanted this kind of, I guess, so bad that they just kind of went along with it and had the money. And, you know, they were, I can't – okay, Max. sorry okay, right. You're on the radio, Max. Um, hey, they Max. They went along with it, and they keep going along with it. And the attack's coming my way, that's done in their name. And they're going to have to live with that and everything that's coming out about, you know, her and him, and I'm sure there's a lot more – that's public information that I think they thought either wasn't a big deal or would never come out. And all the, all the people who've endorsed this, just like they endorsed the person who robbed the bank earlier in the year, they need to be held accountable. You can't, yeah. you can't endorse someone. All right, buddy, come here. You can't endorse, you can't just go around putting your name at least I wouldn't on people like this. Like you have to have a staffer do a little research or look into it. I mean, half a second of research into this girl and the person earlier in the year would have showed like something is not quite right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it it, it had gotten me like so frustrated. Like I was actually thinking, I was thinking, about actually running for the state party again because I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. Last much I tried to run, it was just it was it, I didn't do well, but because uh, that mm-hmm. was it was against a trench to, a, against an entrenched person that person's still there but from what i hear that person mm-hmm. who did support the current party chair is being challenged by somebody already so it's like okay good if that person is being okay. challenged already i don't have to do it so it's fine right but i still i still may still try and run for op deck because um mm-hmm. the only reason i didn't make op deck is because they don't do runoffs in the in in, right, in op deck right. so i, I I made the spot where if it would have been a regular election, I would have been in a runoff. But because there was no runoffs for Opdeck it, I I missed mm-hmm. it by, like, a seat. Like, I was 15th gotcha. instead of 14th or something like that. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. It, it, it's just so frustrating. I'm, I'm so frustrated. Like, I was frustrated with the party. Like, you know, you, you were frustrated with the party for, like, I mean, you still are probably, but I mean, you, yeah, you, you left the party in protest. You left the party in protest for like a couple months. Like I left the party in protest for, for years. Like I left when they mm-hmm. endorsed unrepentant convicted felon Edwin Edwards for, for Congress. And I've, I even, mm-hmm. I had said a lot, like I was said, before he announced, I was like, if this party endorses Edwin Edwards, I'm going to leave the party and become no party. Cause I, and I thought it was a safe bet. I thought it was something – I thought it was the safest thing I could possibly say. And then, and then they endorsed and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So for years, mm-hmm. I was just a no-party voter. I mean, does, it doesn't mean I'm any less of a Democrat. It doesn't mean I'm any less of, of somebody – I still support the issues. I've, I think I've actually become more and more progressive as those years have gone by. Um, and the only reason I actually bothered to re-register as a Democrat in 2000 was because I wanted to vote in the primary. So – um, right. Because that's the only reason you have to be registered as a Democrat in Louisiana is if a or two reasons. Right. A If you want to, if you want to serve on any of the you know executive committees or whatever the local DPACs or or if you want to vote in the primaries. But you know their feelings are mega hurt about you know the fact that people might dare question their their authority and you know they're 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 big mad yeah. about it and yeah. Well, you you you. I mean, you're the most. If not, the, you're one of the most, if not the most progressive people, and and they're spending so much money, and time, and effort against you instead of put spending putting candidates into elections in other districts. And even if those people wouldn't win, it would help get out the vote for the statewide races. Like oh
3: yeah, well I mean she's useless, but two points. Um, one you hit on that. Well, maybe you didn't hit on. I thought about it. Some people don't understand that leaving the party doesn't – some people think leaving the Democratic Party means going to the Republican Party, Some right. people, and they believe that leaving the Democratic Party means, like, your views have changed, and that is true sometimes. That was true for some of my colleagues um, the past few years who changed to independent or Republican directly, and – I I get very frustrated when people accuse me of that because I'm like, you only know me because of my politics. How could you think that changed overnight of all people? like You know abortion and guns and sex work and you know all this about me and probably think I'm too liberal. How could you think that's that's what it is? Um, The second thing about why they didn't do anything elsewhere and did something here. I mean, it's kind of two things like I definitely think people in the party like Katie and others push her a run. I also think it's chicken and egg that they wanted to run. I keep saying that because it's her and the fiance together. Um, right. <laughs> I think they wanted to run. I think they like saw them as oh, money. And let's get back at this bee who talks bad about us all the time. And uh, it's just like petty and personal. And and so that was part of it because it's not the party's my Well, you know what? On her last report, we'll see if the party gave her money. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, right. But just that they're giving all this attention and all these people are piling on for no reason. They know that I'm going to win. Like, and if they don't think, if they don't know for sure, they know it's going to be close. So like, the same like some people who didn't get involved last year are getting involved. So it's weird to me why they would do that. But you're right. Like there, there's just a lot of attention and energy and now media on this. But I think the silver lining is like the article written about this a couple weeks ago by James Finn starts out by saying, we didn't recruit. Like, like the legislature is already a Republican majority, which I think set the tone for this is all messed up, you know? Right. That's what I think looking at it. It's like starts out like, hey, this party is messed up. Let's talk about this race,
0: which is even more messed up. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Yeah, the, the before before the ink dries, before anything else, there's there's before the election even is over, the Republican Party is going to control the legislature. Done. I mean that they they have, they have
3: a majority. Yes,
0: they have a majority. Yes. There there's that will not change in this election. No. it it's it's just a matter of who will be in which seat and. Well, it's a matter of supermajorities in uh, yes Yeah, matter of supermajority as well, but uh, in, and that's not even that's not even to be determined in this election because well, unless well, I would even argue that if if somebody it'll, it'll who be runoff. if somebody if 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 somebody supported by Katie Bernhardt is in your seat, which knock on wood doesn't happen, um, the that that is somebody who I would question whether or not would remain loyal because I don't think Katie Bernhardt is a loyal Democrat. I mean, she supports Republicans. Um, she supported Republicans against Ed- 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 yeah. John Bell Edwards. So I've I mean, you, maybe that. you can't say that. Maybe you can't say that, but I'll yeah. say that. No, she
3: has. I've I've seen that where people think this girl was switch. I don't really think so because you know she's in the in crowd. Well, whatever it is. I call him the sorority. Uh uh-huh. um, He's a sorority president. Um, you know, there is he's in that world or wants to be in that world. So like switching to the other side is like, uh, I don't know if it'll happen. And then, you know, we lost two Democrats. Well, three. Mm-hmm. We've lost three white Democrats in the last couple of years to the Republican party. And one of them is very old, Francis Thompson, and he'll do whatever he wants anyway. And right. then, um, uh, Melinda White and Jeremy Lacombe. And I'll just say that I don't think they're real accepted. Right. (laughs) Which doesn't surprise anyone because, you know, they're probably going to vote the same. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to switch back and forth for anyone. Um, Get out of there. I don't, I don't think she would switch though, but there's definitely other areas of the state that are questionable but honestly, mm-hmm. like, Democrats have, would have to win all of these open – not all of them. They would have to win a fair amount of these swingish, purplish open seats to prevent a super majority. I'm not sure what the number is, but, I mean, this year we ended up 71-33-1, is that math? Um, mm-hmm. And started out with 69, you know? Because two switched, no, three switched, but Melinda was an independent for a while, and then one person went for independent to D, so it was always a little squishy. But we ended up right. doing the majority Point is, is that one. It, it, would,
0: it would have been a lot easier to do so if, you know, more effort was made outside of a safe race.
3: <laughs> oh, we're, for we're, sure. Because there's and, seats and, that are winnable with a good candidate, right. for sure, and there was no recruiting, so, okay, so I'll just say this. I have not met any of the candidates running in the open seat, so, I, you know, I have no idea about, really about them, because I've been focused on my race, but when you don't recruit, especially in tough areas, you just end up with whoever decides to run, and someone getting into a race at qualifying is always, always behind like, it's right. so hard to get a campaign together. You know, you can only you can only have a hope if you've been involved in the community and really out there. Um, there's just a lot that goes on to seats like this. And if you just wait until the end, like, it's just that much harder. And, and I don't love it because it, it sets it up. Like, people think, oh, well, all these people lost. I can never do it. I'm like, well, yeah, you can. You have to start, like, the year before.
0: Right. And, and if you and data. if you didn't have to work this hard to defend your seat, which should be safe for you know a Democrat, you know maybe mm-hmm. you could have been out there helping some other oh. candidates try and win their seats, and or you know, and, sure. that, would sure. been, that, and would that would have would been that would have better been better, for, and that would have been better for, for the everyone. Party. Yeah, I always so, help people
3: out. Like in, for the next month, I'll be doing that, even though I should be working. I I talk to new candidates or some candidates a lot because I know what it was like to be one. Um. So there's just more that early. And that's the job of the party chair, raising money yep. and recruiting candidates. And it is much more difficult to do statewide, I admit, um, mm-hmm. for sure. But the legislature, like, come on. Like, you can do that. Like, some of these districts, too, you only need, like, 30 grand to run a campaign. Like, they're, they're very rural and poor, unlike the New Orleans districts. Mm-hmm. And right. Maybe maybe you won't be able to win because it's, like, 70% Republican, but you can put together, like, a solid race. Go right. find the police juror or, or the <laughs> or the school board member in the area. Right. So it's just frustrating, right, because there's all this energy on defeating me. And I don't know. It's kind of flattering sometimes, but in a well, really messed up way. Well, so I guess <laughs> really that's the, the, silver the silver lining.
0: The silver lining.
3: <laughs> yeah, all of these You're people the are threat. lined up. The, the most powerful man in the state is like kicking the little lady whose entire entire uh career in politics has been about women's rights. So
0: Me and sense, let me right? tell you, me and my wife both were very upset at Troy Carter. For when he endorsed when he with his endorsement we were just uh
2: mm-hmm. I mean,
0: we we that 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 was not. We were not happy with that. <laughs> we not was, at
3: all. I was surprised and not surprised. I I've, I've always liked Troy and had a decent personal relationship with him. Um, but you know, there's a a team that I'm not on um, mm-hmm. that that exists. But I was a little surprised that they're smart politically, and it's. I mean, they have to have seen polling. Like, come on! Like, it was going to be tough for her. But for them to do that without, like, a clear shot, um, I don't know. That's what didn't make sense. And, like, she's not a good candidate at the end of the day. She's not a good candidate. So why do that? And I I just feel like staff for any of these people also dropped the ball not looking into this and, like, not looking into the person who robbed the bank and was convicted of jury tampering. Like, how could you put your name on this? Right. How could you put your and, name if, on
0: and if I'm and if I'm and if I'm running for office and if I'm running, especially in, in a Democratic district, and if I'm running in the most progressive district in the state, and if if the Orleans Parish Republican Party endorsed me, I, I would be vocal about it and say, I don't accept the endorsement.
3: <laughs> I well, would be like, you don't go to the you, meeting. No, thank you. I've, I've never. No, that's the thing. You have to physically go to their meeting which I never mm. go to. I generally, I think I've respond because there's DNOR the Greater New Orleans Republicans, and then the OPREC, the Orleans Parish Republicans. And uh, I'll usually respond and be like, sorry, I'm not going, maybe. But because you can't, like to me, like how can I say I'm left and progressive and I went to a Republican Party event and asked them to help me? Like that is right. insane. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm fine, right. like, And they'll point to things like that, like, look, she doesn't get along. I'm like, my Republican colleagues and friends are the reason I pass bills. Like, I can do math. (laughs) You need math to pass bills, but I don't go ask them to endorse me. Now, in a swing district, it would make sense. Right. But she went to that and asked for both, and she has gotten a lot of bad advice this race, like a shocking amount of bad advice, and that was possibly the worst advice she got besides entering the race in the first place.
0: Right. Well <laughs> I mean we, they you may have to know,
3: know
0: she jumped from district right. to district to district to try and find one and she picked the wrong one.
3: <laughs> well and that's you know, people grasp so far the past few weeks, people are really grasping on the Republican stuff. But what bothers people the most when I talk one on one, especially older people, is that she just moved into our district in January. And when she's asked point blank, she tries to get around it by saying, I'm lying. Of course, she lives in the district. No, 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 girl. That's not what we said. What we said was, you moved here in January. And old people do not like that at all. They they give me a face, like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yep, here's proof. And that, I don't know, like these people helping her, I don't know why they thought, like, Crazy, you know, investigatory lawyer wouldn't find all this stuff because it's <laughs> sitting right there. It's sitting right there on the open. It's all public records, all of it. And
0: and to and to attack and to attack, and it to attack okay. you for being a public defender. I'm not a public defender, but a defense attorney. Criminal attack defense you for being a, a criminal defense attorney is is the most bizarre thing that I could think of. Like I understand Republicans. Not ha- having a problem with defense attorneys, you know. Not yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you shouldn't be a Demo- you shouldn't be a Democrat. Yeah. You shouldn't be a Democrat criticizing people for being a defense attorney because that defense attorneys again, as I said to you, you know, when I messaged you, defense attorneys play a vital cog in our in our system of justice and. Even if the person is guilty of sin if you do you, you doing your job means that you make sure that the people as a as a defense attorney, you make sure that the people who are trying to convict your client do everything by the book and you make sure that they do everything by the book and if they end up getting convicted, it's because they did everything right and didn't do anything wrong like or maybe, or maybe if they are guilty, as in and they, you, maybe you get them to the plea and and don't clog up the system with someone who's really guilty. You know, mm-hmm. it's
3: well, it's
0: yeah. I I just don't it's understand. Not even...
3: Sorry. <laughs> I, I I
0: I it it just bothers me when people attack people who are criminal defense attorneys because of of the vital oh. mm-hmm. the vital important part that defense attorneys play in our system of justice, especially with the amount of people. Who do get wrongly convicted? Who do get wrongly accused? Who do get wrongly? I mean, I was once wrongly accused of something, and I mean, it never got that far because it was so blatantly obvious Mm -hmm. that it was a false accusation. But it was, and it was so long ago. But and and that's yeah. It's just so it's so absurd. I mean, there was one of my one of the highlights i guess politically of me was what was it it was i think it was the jason williams election and, and his opponents uh his opponent was going mm-hmm. after him for being a, a defense attorney or whatever and mm-hmm. i like yeah. i like tweeted at him uh, i tweeted about the race or something you know at both of them and then i watched the debate the next day and he used like all of my uh he used all of my comments like verbatim or whatever oh, that's and then the next
3: funny time,
0: and then the next day, like it was at the like the um Irish Channel parade or something and mm-hmm. like I saw him and I was like, Hey, it's Liberal Dan and he was like and he gave me like the biggest hug and then it was like, Hey, come meet a Vander Holyfield and I was like okay. Oh that's cool. And I got to meet I got <laughs> to meet a Vander Holyfield and the first thing I did when I shook his hand is I checked out his ear and I was like, There's still a little chunk missing and like it was it was the most surreal thing ever. But yeah, like it was
3: So, yeah, (laughs) just cut in. I'll have a lot more time. But to people listening, you know, I'm not even full-time criminal defense. I only do it somewhat. But, you know, people who do criminal defense work, guess what? They're clients who are accused of a crime. And whether they, quote, did it or not or were guilty or not, sometimes it's no way you'll ever know. But that doesn't matter. The point is the state has to prove a case if you're taking someone's liberty, no matter what you accuse them of, and the Constitution, and the Sixth Amendment, requires that you give them a defense, which makes sense because otherwise we would just have like some, you know, Stalin-like system just throwing everyone in jail. And you want a good defense attorney too, because frankly you don't want people getting out on quote technicalities because the lawyer was terrible. Everyone yep. deserves a defense, and for them to say that and also the whole thing was in bad faith dan because that case i literally did the answer along with not that i didn't do criminal work but i literally wrote the answer along with one of my colleagues and then i left the firm because i won and then uh one of the other cases they use they're like why did you vote for bp or why did you work for bp which you know polluted or whatever it was a contract case I never did oil and gas work but like the firm I was at did some so like whenever there was employment or something and like Mm -hmm. they were careful not to lie well they lied about other stuff let's just say that but that was definitely misleading to people and my lawyer friends are outraged they're like wait a minute how can you judge someone for attack someone for their job but I think also most people are like you. They're like, wait a minute, like she's a lawyer. That's what they do. And it's not like I had like 20 years of defending only rapists. Right. Um, but you're right. If I had been a prosecutor, I mean, they were going to attack me on being a lawyer no matter what, which is disgusting coming from someone who doesn't have a career. But if I had been a prosecutor, they would have, you know, blamed me you're for throwing this people in people in jail. Person, yeah. You, yeah. 20% of people you prosecuted were black men or 80% or something like that, um, that's what would have happened. And so they were just going to, they were, they had to take my career somehow and turn it into a negative and they haven't
0: because I'm a good lawyer. (laughs) Well, that's what you have to do.
3: Like it's like, that's what you have to do to get attention off yourself. And I mean, I'll say it now just because like. They deserve whatever they get from how they've been attacking me. But, like, if you don't have a career, how do you attack someone? How dare you attack someone for having one? If your business, if there's literally no evidence on paper that you have a business, how can you, you know, how can you with a straight go after someone who has an actual career? Like right. I don't know. I, I don't make the rules. I mean?
0: Right. You know how you know you're a good I do lawyer? Like the laws. Right. You know how you know you're a good lawyer? <laughs> You convinced a, a supermajority Republican legislator to pass a gun control bill.
3: I, I use my legal skills every day.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I, I
3: sometimes, I just, I just don't understand how some of my colleagues, well, they can't keep up. Um, I can barely keep up. Some days there's so much going on, which I guess is the point, you know. But, like, we need a diversity of background and occupation and age and all that. But it's incredibly hard to keep up if you're not a
0: practicing attorney. Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway if anybody in my audience wants to help support in the final days of the campaign uh, mandylandry.com vote vote landry on twitter Um, everything the the election is this saturday and Mm -hmm. we will be checking out the results and hopefully on the podcast monday we'll be able to announce a good good uh, result and um, I'm very happy to be able to have you back on the podcast and you have an open invitation to come on whenever you want. And I wish you the best of luck this Saturday and uh, in the final leg of this election.
3: Great. I hope you be back soon. And anyone listening, um, this is a good time to just, you know, poke your feet a little bit into helping out on a campaign. You can come on these days or election day and i mean you can even sign wave if that's all you want to do or when we go knock on saturday it's just the people who are likely to vote for us so you're just saying hey go vote did you already vote okay thanks
0: so perfect all right well again thank you so much and you have a great rest of your night
3: you too all
0: right bye all
3: right bye bye
0: all right again that was mandy landry of mandylandry.com at vote landry on social media um you know, we've we've talked to all of the candidates who want to be on the show. You can make your, you can make your decision uh, about who you want to vote for. Um, I think there's no reason to replace the incumbent. She's done a heck of a job, and um, friend of the show. Again, I like Ed Carlson. I think he's a great guy. I, I love. I would love to have him back on the show as well. I think I think he has a, a you know a good future doing lots of good things. I just there's there's she's been so effective in the legislature. Why replace her? And the party is being so stupid with what she's done, with with what they've done in in challenging her instead of focusing on all these other elections, trying to make sure that there's, you know, we we could have eliminated at least the Republican supermajority in the hope that maybe we get another Democratic governor, unlikely, but we'll see because we'll see what happens with the governor's race this upcoming Saturday, because that's, who knows, but, you know.
2: It is what it is.
0: Anyway, let's go ahead, and we're going to switch the show image, because we're going to now switch gears for a second and talk about that. And then we're going to, let's let's edit this as well. Um, do...
2: All
0: right, here we go. Before we get to that, we'll, we'll let's go through the um, I saw briefly that Wes had bad news. I'm very sorry to hear about uh, your loss, Wes. Uh, Kimchi, welcome to the chat. Thank you for joining. Um, who else did I miss? Tamara, thank you for joining. Marie. I think they should make it illegal to switch that easy, like you should have to serve at least your first term as the party you get elected. I mean, maybe, but I mean, it doesn't stop you how you vote. So if you're voting a particular way, I mean, you could vote however you want. So even if you're voting a particular way, I mean, eventually you're going to vote however you vote. So I don't know. Um, Marie, I like my state still moving – you like your steak still moving a little or you like your steak still moving a little? <laughs> um yeah, I like a I like a uh I like I like a nice um medium rare to rare steak. Um I like it I like what's really good is a nice like Pittsburgh style where if it's um where you have like it's more rare on the inside, but it's a nice good char, like a nice good burned char, like where where the where the fat's nice and caramelized, and then instead of like you know Jeffy said like I like a good like béarnaise sauce or a good horseradish sauce, mmm, so that's that's delicious. So let's see, easy, easy. the key is to convert as many Republicans over to so the future elections as you turn in time. That's true, but you don't have to do it by going to Republican events and trying to get the endorsement of the republicans in and of themselves so but show reset real quick um if if you uh if you haven't liked the video please remember to like it subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed uh share the share the live stream if you want to share the live stream go like comment um share other videos as well that i've made uh try and get the um what's it called engagement up because the, that's the best way to get other people watching the videos is if you engage with other videos in the channel, as that's, that's at least my understanding um, that, you know, so that, that'll get other people engagement. That'll get the views up because we need to get the views to 4,000 hours in a year, plus the subscriptions up to a hundred or to a thousand. Once both happens, I can get monetized and then we'll start streaming on Twitch as well. Go uh, follow me on twitch.tv slash liberal radio. Uh, i Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook, um, LiberalDan.com. I'm Liberal Dan Radio on TikTok, um, which sometimes I'll have lots of views on those things, but I don't know. I've more used TikTok to kind of produce the videos and pump them back up to YouTube because it's sometimes easier to make shorts over there. So, um, although occasionally I'll, I'll do some responses every now and then as well. I know Hal doesn't like it, but again, I've had, you know in one of my classes that work has with cybersecurity and by a, by a cybersecurity expert uh, at the end of the video on cybersecurity, the cybersecurity expert for the cybersecurity firm that we contracted out with to give the cybersecurity thing, gave out his TikTok channel. So I might go with the cybersecurity expert over how on that one on, on whether or not, um, on whether or not it's a good idea to um to use TikTok or not. But you know, y'all can make your own decisions on that one. I'm not gonna be judge I'm not gonna judge either way. So um anyway. So we are going to have a discussion, I guess, now on let's see Trucker John, I share the S out of the show. I appreciate you Trucker John. I appreciate everybody who helps. Um Elizabeth, I wish I could still be not sober. Nice, <laughs> Marie. No mooing. LOL. Um, Aaron, I know no TikTok for you. And no Timu for you either. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and cut some of these up and, and chop them up into, into smaller bits as well. I haven't made any other bits for this week yet because um, I was very busy. I, had, I went to the Depeche Mode concert on uh, on Saturday night. I was a last-minute bye, hung out with a friend of my wife's uh, both Friday night and Saturday night, uh, did a whole bunch of thing over the weekend, um, watched some football, watched the Orioles lose on Saturday and Sunday because my Orioles made the playoffs, and then we managed to lose the first two games at home, uh, even though we're the number one team in the American League. What's wrong with you Orioles? You're ruining this for me. So the, um, the Depeche Mode concert was pretty cool. Although they didn't play all the songs that I know. They they did play one song that I forgot that I knew, I guess. But they didn't play Strange Love, which is weird. I But, but when I saw the set list, and I saw what the set list was, and I compared it to the previous set lists. I was like, okay, we're not getting Strange Love today. Um, and then the the problem with their set list was, like, all of the songs that I knew except for that one that I was like, oh, I do know that song, um, was all the other songs that I really liked were at the end of the show. So I probably could have shown up like an hour late to the show or like two hours late to the show and not have missed anything that I really, really wanted to see Uh, because they had the opening act, which was fine, but they weren't great. And then like the first, maybe 10 songs were like, they're fine, but they weren't ones that I was there to see, but I got to see, um, you know, They ended with Personal Jesus uh, in the encore. They also had um, Just Can't Get Enough and they had – now I'm blanking on the other song. Why am I blanking on the other song? I do this freaking song in karaoke all the time too. Uh, Enjoy the silence, duh. So – they didn't even... Wow, I didn't even realize they didn't do Policy of Truth either. Huh. That, that that didn't even cross my mind that they didn't do Policy of Truth. That's two songs they didn't do that I like that they didn't... That's so bizarre. So, yeah, that that I'm, I didn't even think of, about the fact that they didn't do that one. Um huh wonder why wonder why they didn't do policy of truth. Interesting. But yeah, I do. Um... So you got to see some live video. that we're friends. It was, it was really, fun. I should have posted, I should, I should post some of the songs. I don't know if, if, how, if they'll get copyrighted on YouTube, but um, the, um, I did post the, uh, because if if you've heard, you had the uh, the Beyonce concert, and Beyonce does the mute challenge, where in the song she goes, everybody go mute, and then like the entire audience is supposed to just go silent. And apparently New Orleans did the best out of everybody, and you see you see it in Beyonce's face that she's like, well, damn, y'all y'all nailed it. And other cities claim to have done the best, but apparently New Orleans did the best. So um, and. I think it was in Just Can't Get Enough where they they were like doing. He was like raising his hands. He was like, uh... and then having everyone get silent after the first time, everybody got silent. I was like, oh look, it's the white people version of the mute challenge. And I told my wife that, and she laughed. And I'm like, okay, I have to post this to to post this to all the social medias because I think this should be funny. And I think I got like a hundred views on on my YouTube channel. Not, of course, it didn't go did to go crazy, but I'm guessing a lot of the songs, you know, this is the Memento Mori tour, so I guess a lot of the shows are going to be from the Memento Mori album. So I probably weren't going to get everything, but I'm a little annoyed now that we didn't get Policy of Truth either. Um, ugh, sucks, but um, but yeah, I often do enjoy the silence at karaoke. Um, so if you ever come to New Orleans, and want to do karaoke with me? I'd Be more than happy to have you join me with karaoke. It's a little on me, I did a lot of drugs in the eighties. Now I don't even care what the temperature is. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was a re- it was it was a fun concert. I'm I'm glad that I got to go. We got kind of cheapish seats. We're on cheapish seats. Well, we were on the first level but we were a side view, so it was only like ninety seven bucks a seat. There were it was last minute seats. There were like forty dollar seats, but they were like way up and I would not have, I wouldn't have liked those seats all the way that, that high up. That would not have been that would not have been fun. I would not have liked that. So Anywho. Anyway, let's let's go ahead and we're gonna start talking about the uh, Israeli Palestinian conflict. Elizabeth, have a love to do karaoke? We'll come to New Orleans. We'll do karaoke. We're, we're, we'll get see if we get enough if, if we get enough people to do like a liberal dance thing down in here in New Orleans. We can actually go to the um, there's a sushi place uh, called Tsunami, and you could we could rent a room. We can get a bunch of people together. We can actually just have the room and get a bunch of sushi and other Asian dishes, and they're actually good when it comes to gluten free dishes. So my wife can join us, and we could all join together and we could all just have a good old time singing a bunch of karaoke and we could just all hang out and not have to worry about anybody else you know interfering with our attempts to do karaoke so it should be fun Um, Tim Farrell is trying to channel his um oh what's his name oh my god what's his name Mitch Hedberg. All right, Mitch Hedberg. Nick Hedberg. It's Mitch Hedberg, not Nick Hedberg. I have a... I don't know where the phone is. Um, I'm not looking for the
2: phone.
0: Okay, what are you looking for? I'm here to take the course. Okay. <sighs> I used to be an alcoholic. I still am, but I used to be one too. <laughs> Although he was... Uh, drug the drug that was the drug joke that he had um and now that i stopped coughing 24 7 like I'm, I'm actually you know i did do karaoke we only did one song after after the group the people i was with decided that we all wanted to go somewhere else but we um i did do um painted black and then we all decided we wanted to leave i was gonna do um watch call it um the Patrick Swayze song um she's like the wind i hadn't I had never done that yet either but they wanted to leave and i was even though i was in the next song they were like let's go get something to eat i'm like fine i won't do my, i won't do my other song yet um yeah mitch hedberg was great he was so funny there's some guy on on tiktok who does like who who comes up with these are Jokes that are inspired that, that are inspired by Mitch Hedberg. It actually does a pretty good job with it. So, anywho, all right, we're really gonna start talking about the Arab, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, and I'm gonna start off with my main rant. All right, my main rant with the uh, Palestinian Hamas-Israel problem is this: is that Ultimately, it comes down to conservatism. That's the – it's hard to break down the big problem into into a simple thing. But the macro issue, not this individual one issue, but the macro issue of the Israel-Palestinian problem is conservatism. problem is people like Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, Likud, the other political parties that are the political slash religious conservatives of Israel, they will keep pushing the settlements into the West Bank, taking land, occupying land that should be part of the Palestinians, that should be controlled by the Palestinians. They keep pushing and pushing and pushing and taking and taking and taking those lands, thinking that they have the right to all of it they keep they keep being apologists for the settlements they keep defending the settlers and they keep justifying it they use the you know actions of all all Palestinians as a threat and not just looking at Hamas but they'll they'll use all Palestinians as a potential threat and they stoke fear, and they campaign on fear that the Palestinians are out to get you. And that's what they campaign on, and that's what they rely on. They rely on fear of the Palestinians, not just Hamas, but the Palestinians. And if, if you don't elect them, if you don't let them keep their power, then they're going to come after you and they're going to kill you. So you have to keep electing them. So they, they rule by fear and hatred. Then look at the American conservatives. The American conservatives continue poking. They're like, Yeah, go ahead, Israeli conservatives. That's they, they, they help, they push them to do the settlements. They'll keep they'll fund the settlements. They'll 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 set up packs to help, you know, support the settlements. And why do they do that? Not for good reasons, but because according to Christian religious philosophy or prophecy, in order for the end times to come, you need a whole bunch of Jews living in Israel so when the end times come, a bunch of Jews can die first. With friends like that, who needs enemies? So American conservatives, also American conservatives don't like Muslims, don't like brown people for the most part, and they're more than happy to see the Israelis go after Muslims. They're more than happy to see Israelis go after Arabs. They're more than happy to see all that. So if they can get the Israelis to do their dirty work and they'll, they're more than happy to support the Benjamin Netanyahu's and Likud and all the other conservative political parties over there. But there's also Hamas. Hamas are the religious conservatives of the Palestinian side. Hamas in their charter is the idea that they want to push every Jew into the sea they don't want to coexist with jewish people with israeli's they want to exterminate all the israeli's they stoke fear in the hearts and minds of the peaceful palestinian people that all of you know all of the israeli's are out to get you and so therefore you need to keep us in power to make sure that we can go after the israeli's and keep you safe from them, and go after them to make sure that they don't come after you. So the people in Hamas and the people in Likud are in a mutually beneficial relationship almost. Because in order for Likud to keep power, in order for Netanyahu to keep power, in order for the Israeli conservatives to keep power, they need Hamas to keep doing what they're doing. And in order for Hamas to keep power, in order for them to justify their existence, they need Likud and Netanyahu and the Israeli conservatives to keep doing what they're doing. Because if, all, if both sides stopped, you would have no justification for them, for either to keep power. Their, their reason for existing, their reason for being in power would go away. So both of them need each other to exist. And if if both of them stopped existing, if you stopped having the conservatives in power and you stopped having Hamas being in control, you might actually have a chance for peace. But you don't, because every time you have Benjamin Netanyahu and Likud and the Israeli conservatives justifying, enabling the settlers over there and doing actions that harm peace-loving Palestinian folks, taking over more land, occupying more land with settlements, you end up creating more and more people who can be radicalized by Hamas. And then every time you have Hamas launch an attack kill an innocent person, kidnap somebody. Every time that happens, you create an additional person who now wants to vote for Benjamin Netanyahu, who to keep, you know, strength in power to make sure that you're gonna fight the people in Hamas. It's a self-perpetuating cycle that somebody somehow needs to stop. And so far nobody is finding a way to stop the cycle. There's nobody to break the wheel. To keep the to, to prevent the cycle from keeping on and going, you need some some way to stop that wheel. And this is not a what aboutism argument. This is not a well they're doing a two argument. This is a this this is a macro argument about macro responsibilities. It's not even touching on what happened this weekend. This is just touching on the overall ten thousand thirty thousand foot overview picture. Of the problems that are going on in that area. Because you have Likud in power, because you have Netanyahu in power, because you have the justifications of all these bad actions on the part of Israel, you have the increased chances of radicalization on the Palestinian people, which makes it easier for Hamas to recruit, because then you have more Hamas recruits and more Hamas power. Hamas then can go attack, and more Hamas attacks means more votes for Likud. Rather, lather, rinse, repeat. There's no end in sight. So somebody has some, somehow, some way, you have to stop the cycle from happening. That is the problem over there, in a nutshell, from the macro point of view. Do. Jeff Curry, my son, needs to talk to you. He told me he doesn't care for Journey's music. (sighs) The horror. (laughs) Um, Is it because of Steve Perry's voice? Um, Has he listened to older stuff? Um, I don't know. Let's see. Hey, Benny, what's going on? Good to see you. All right. So now that so I've captured that rant about the overview, the 10,000-foot, 30,000-foot overview that's going on, let's now talk about the individual stuff. All right, so now that we've talked about the 10,000-foot overview issue and the problem, of generally speaking, as to what is going on with Israel and Hamas and why it's conservatism overall, that's the problem over there. And if you haven't watched that video yet, please go watch that before you watch this. Uh, Let's talk about the events over the weekend. So events over the weekend, um, I have kind of a minor conspiracy theory about that. Um, And I have, I don't know how true it is or not, but it's a minor conspiracy theory about that. Um, And I also have complaints about they you know, the people who are trying to justify certain actions. So let's, let's talk about the minor conspiracy theory first. I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory, but it's, it, it kind of pertains to what I was just talking about before. That is, Benjamin Netanyahu knew. Now, somebody, says, somebody had said that after I had posited this on Twitter somewhere, somebody actually came out and said that he may have known about it. He may have actually been warned about it. And he denies it. So it's interesting that somebody had actually put it out there. But if he did know that an attack was coming, that an attack potentially was a risk, kind of like, you know, George Bush had the threat that, you know, we are potentially going to be under attack and they ignored that threat, whatever. If he knew that it was coming would it have behooved him to have responded to the attack in a preventive way to try and stop it from happening or would it is it better for him politically to react to an attack i would argue that in order for benjamin netanyahu to keep his power and to keep going how he wants to keep going which is to villainize hamas and villainize palestinians the way to keep for him to keep doing that would be to ignore any threats and then react to them after the fact now it if that happened and i'm not saying it did maybe there's a 30 to 35 percent chance that he knew and ignored it and allowed the attack to happen And if he did, maybe he didn't think it would be as bad as it would be. Maybe he thought it would be your normal, here's a couple of shells coming across the border, and here's maybe a a kidnapping or two, like one or two people kidnapping. Maybe he didn't expect it to be as bad as it was or was going to be. But Benjamin Netanyahu, politically speaking, is benefited – by being able to respond to an attack after the fact than stopping an attack. Because stopping an attack is, oh, okay, they stopped an attack. Big whoop, that happens, what, every day, every week, every month. However often Israeli intelligence is able to stop an attack, that's not big news, right? But the ability to respond to an attack and be able to show force and might, Shows, oh, I'm a big, strong conservative, and therefore I can smash more of the of Hamas, and I can smash Gaza. And that's a problem, if that's true. Now, I'm not saying it is true, but if it is true, it's a problem. And I've seen people, even somebody on my own friends list, who said that they should turn Gaza into a parking lot. And that's wrong. No, because... Peaceful. There are people who are Palestinians who are not part of Hamas, who had nothing to do with this attack, who are just trying to live their lives in a peaceful way possible, who deserve to be left alone and live in peace, who should not have their power cut off, who should not have their water cut off, who should not have to risk all of the health issues that come with whatever happens in this conflict, and they should not be put under the threat of being flattened, as some people have suggested. You don't just flatten an entire civilian area just because you're mad at Hamas. Now, this is not to say that Israel Israel's all in the wrong because Hamas is completely unjustified in what they did when it comes to kidnapping children. There's reports of Rapes that have been recorded, they kidnapped the elderly. Now, if you're attacking Israel and you want to go after the Israeli military, that's one thing. Attacking a military target, it's one thing. Kidnapping over 100 civilians, especially children and the elderly, that's BS. One could make the argument that because of the way that the Israel, Israeli military works, that every adult, able-bodied citizen is technically a member of the military who could be called up at any time, specifically of a particular age. I'm not going to go into all that. Children? No. The elderly? No. Those? No. That, that's absolutely wrong. And anybody trying to justify that by by whatever reason they're there was somebody one of the people who is uh, was it Mahuba Bass's one of her one of his advisors I forget her name off the top of my head I tweeted that earlier today Uh, she was trying to say trying to avoid the question by saying that because uh, you have the the situation that you have people living in Gaza that that is what creates the situation and look. I've said even in my last video that by Israel doing what it does, it creates a situation where you potentially radicalize people to join Hamas. And I'm, I'll still hold on to that. And by occupying land, by creating settlements, that creates the possibility of you radicalizing more people who want to join Hamas. I still stand by that. But... It doesn't justify the kidnapping of the elderly and children. It doesn't justify the threat that you're going to murder children and murder the elderly if, they do, if, if Israel does certain actions that you don't like them doing. Right? So if Hamas does these things, they are no way going to help themselves on the world stage. And Hamas has done plenty wrong, too. In the past, like, Hamas will use people as human shields. Like, there was, there was a report where a reporter was talking to uh, somebody who lived in Gaza. And Israel, when it attacks a building where they believe Hamas is operating out of, they will call the people who live in that building and say, look, we believe Hamas is operating out of this building. We are about to level it. Get out. And the person who was a Palestinian living in Gaza said that he was on the phone with uh, the Israeli military for like 45 minutes, basically saying, okay, and Israel, the Israeli military made sure that every civilian was out of that building before they bombed the building. So showing that Israel wants to reduce civilian casualties as much as possible, which is not Hamas will put their military equipment in civilian buildings. Or sometimes Israel will call and say, we're going to bomb this building, make sure that it's empty, and then Hamas will be like, hey, kids, go play in this building. And then they bomb the building, and then Hamas will be like, Israel killed these kids. No, you killed these kids because you put them in the building when you already knew Israel was going to attack this. So Hamas, and again, Hamas is an organization that has in its charter to throw every Israel, every Israeli, every Jew into the sea. They, as part of their organizing charter has listed genocide as part of it. So you cannot have peace. With an organization that wants to kill every one of you. How do you have that? How do you have peace with Hamas? It's Damn near impossible to have peace with Hamas in charge of Gaza. Someone else has to be able to be empowered to take control over that. But I would also argue, how do you have peace with Netanyahu in charge? Because Netanyahu also wants to keep his power by stoking people's fear in the Palestinians, in Hamas, in and then you're, you're right to be fear fearful of just Hamas, but Hamas is running Gaza. They're, they're Still justifying the settlements in West Bank. You're still doing activities that are radicalizing people that have nothing to do with Hamas. So, and look, and, and I'm not saying that you're, again, Hamas is not at all justified in kidnapping children and kidnapping the elderly because of anything that Netanyahu does. That doesn't make Netanyahu any less garbage doesn't make Netanyahu any better of a leader. It doesn't make anything I said in the previous video any less true. And it doesn't make any of the people who are calling for like the flattening of Gaza any less garbage. People calling for the flattening of Gaza are no better than the people in Hamas who are calling for the tossing of everybody who is Jewish into the Mediterranean sea. If you want to exterminate the entirety of Gaza, you're no better than Hamas period. End of story. But you also have to be an honest person. Like there was somebody on MSNBC who was talking about her family who referred to the individuals who took her family as animals. The representative of Maul Abbas took that statement and said that this person was calling all Palestinians animals. And that's not what she said. So you've got to be honest when you're out there talking about this sort of stuff. The only way the situation gets resolved is if you have – let me stop this one because I've gone over – Ten minutes, and or, or stop this one, and we'll do another one. So let's let's respond to some things. Do 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 do. But yeah, we're yeah. I already read that part. Um. He wants to undermine the Supreme Court. Well, that's true, too. Um, that That's another conspiracy theory I thought of, little old Mimi. we can get to that in a second as well. Um, let see. Steve, thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Um, last night, I had an Uber driver as a passenger. He told me once he drove a passenger from Vegas to Bakersfield, it only paid 160 I told him I would have taken that ride. Way too little money. I've had that. We can talk about that, too, in a second. I, I had... I had, a, I had a Lyft ride that was almost like that that I had that I said, look, you need to do it on Uber. Um, West Web, give the West Bank to Jordan. That's another thing too. We can talk about that in a second as well. Um, remind me to talk about the Jordan thing because I, I want to talk about this. Uh, I'll talk about this map in a second that 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 I'll, that pe- someone else shared that that is problematic because it doesn't quite honestly talk about the situation at all. So, all right, where was I talking about that to start recording in the the thing? So back to the point of talking about the people who want to flatten Gaza. If you're talking about flattening Gaza, You are no better than the people in Hamas who want to throw every Jew into the sea. I get it. You're angry and you're upset about what's going on. And you should have every right to be angry and upset what's going on because Hamas did a terrible thing. No excuse for kidnapping children. No excuse for kidnapping the elderly. None whatsoever. And whoever did that should be forced to pay. No excuse for any of that but to then say that the entirety of the Palestinian people should be just wiped out from Gaza because of what Hamas did? The Palestinian people living in Hamas live under the thumb of Hamas. There's no way that the Palestinian people can speak up against Hamas. They'll suffer the same consequences. You don't speak up against a terrorist organization. It's ridiculous to suggest that the Palestinian people need help getting out from under the boot of Hamas. But as long as you have the threat of a conservative Israeli government that's going to keep coming after you, keep pushing settlements and everything, it's going to keep the justification of Hamas being in power. And you're going to have people who are going to keep that justification going on. Now, Here's one of the things that also is often talked about with this whole thing at a macro level back again is the idea of, well, you, you, Israel is an apartheid state or Israel is you know, the Jewish state and, and Palestinians don't have rights in Israel. Well, that's not necessarily true. I think there is a Palestinian currently sitting in the Supreme Court. Um, but one of the things is that you have so much bad blood right now, between Palestinian people and between Israelis, because of everything that's happened, you can't possibly expect there to be a single-state solution. There's no way that you're going to have a single-state solution between the Israelis and the Palestinian people. It just can't happen. It's just impossible. It's too small of an area for a one-state solution to fit. You need a two-state solution, maybe even a three-state solution. Who knows? Maybe Gaza needs to be its own thing. Maybe the West Bank needs to be its own thing, and then Israel needs to be its own thing. But you need, they need to be separate. There's no way that there's going to be any coexistence. You have to have them coexist separately for a bit, peacefully, before there's any hope of coexisting together. It's, 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 there's, but you have people who are not going to accept that. And here's the one thing that if you had, if you were able to eliminate Likud from the Israeli government, if you were able to put into power in Israel a progressive, liberal, left-leaning, leftwards government who would not campaign on, you know, fear tactics and fear-mongering, who would instead want to, have peace with their neighbors and would push for peace, first resort. If you had that going on, if you had that happen as an attempt to break the wheel, but did not have that happen on the other side, and you said, look, we're going to stop with the, you know, treating Gaza as a open air prison. We're going to allow for generally free movement, we're going, you know, I mean, obviously countries can be able to control who comes in and out of their borders, but we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, treat, we're not going to have settlements. We're going to pull back the settlements. We're going to have y'all have pure right to self-rule and every y'all have everybody, you have the right to return. We're not going to prevent people from coming in. We're not going to control your electricity. We're not going to control the goods that come in and out of your borders, you're going to be purely autonomous. You're going to be a purely autonomous country or purely autonomous countries. And you did that. Let's say you did that without any preconditions on the part of Gaza and the West Bank or the Palestinian people. Let's say you did that. Does anybody think that Hamas would be like, okay, we won't attack you? Does anybody think that? I don't think that. I have no reason to think that. I would love to hear from anybody. It could be this show. It could be another show. Email me, liberalandradio at gmail.com. If you think that if that scenario took place, if if we, if if we were able to just say, buy Likud, buy conservative parties, get a full-on progressive Israeli Knesset with a full-on progressive Israeli prime minister who is willing to just take away all preconditions, take away all conditions on Palestinian statehood, enable them to self-rule without any conditions on themselves whatsoever, no blockades, nothing. They're allowed to just self-rule without any Israeli interference whatsoever. Do we believe that Hamas would just be like, okay, we're done. We lay down our arms. We're not going to do any attacks from this point on whatsoever. If you be- if you believe that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn I want to sell you as well. Because I don't believe that would be the case. Now, if they replaced Hamas and Hamas magically went away and you had all peace-loving Palestinian people in Gaza and the West Bank and you left yourself with Netanyahu and Likud and everything like that, do I believe that the settlements would continue? Yes, I do. So that's why you have to get rid of both conservatives. And if you get rid of both sets of conservatives, Hamas and Likud, and any other conservative political party in Israel or whatever, and and you only deal with progressive left-leaning types, you take away the power of the American conservative right from being able to influence what goes on over there so that's why I say that it all comes down to conservatism because conservatism is the problem and as Elizabeth says Likud and Hamas both need to go exactly Um, but I did want to talk about something else let's 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 stop this video real quick. let me go see if I can find this image let's go find this image. not notifications I need to go to my profile. I need to go to my replies. Dip doo, dip dip doo. No, 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 no. 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 What, where is it? Is it? Huh. I thought I responded to that post. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Post was deleted by the post author. Interesting. Maybe they realized that the image was wrong. Hey, look at that. Um. Let's see. There we go. Easy enough to find this map because it's a terrible map. I found that on a thing that says maps that lie, which is even better. So let's go ahead and change the what's the alternate? Yeah. Bring up Liberal Day and Venmo. Bring up the X Split. Bring back up the Buy Me a Coffee. Will bring me back over here as well. Okay, I'm not even reading what they say on this website because I didn't. You know, I already know that this is a map that lies. Um, all right. So I found this. I found this thing. I, I saw this image earlier today on Twitter, um, and. Uh, I had to go look it up because the tweet I responded to uh, was deleted by the author. Maybe because I point correctly pointed out the fact that it's a bad map. But the reason I often call it out as a bad map is the third one. If you can see, I don't know if you can see my my mouse, but this one right here, the 1949 to 1967. Map. See, after 1948, after the, the, you know, what, many people have different names for it, for what happened in 1948. Um, But in in 1947, you had the UN Partition Plan, which created two states. You have the State of Israel that was created, the State of Palestine that was created as, as a compromise deal. Uh, the uh, Jewish people, Israeli people had to give up things. The Palestinian people, Arab people had to give up things. Everybody gave up things in this compromise. But the Arab nations uh, around Israel did not like this compromise and went to war. And they attacked Israel. Israel fought back. And after, as you can see with the UN plan versus the what was left, Um, the area that is Gaza was much smaller than that area that was left to them from the plan, and the area up north, you know, more area up north was kept by Israel than the original plan, and the West Bank of the Jordan River was also much smaller. But what's a lie here is the green area is called Palestine. That's not true. That is a falsehood. Why is this a falsehood? Well, after 1948, Jordan took over the West Bank and Egypt took over Gaza. They didn't give this land to the Palestinian people. They didn't give this land to the Palestinian people at all. They allowed the Palestinian people to continue to be refugees in these lands whilst they controlled the land. The Arab nations were more than happy to allow the Palestinian people to be refugees, to not be treated as, you know, equals in their own society. They could have just absorbed them in, but no, they just kept them as refugees. They used the Palestinian people as political pawns in their constant state of war against the state of israel palestinian people were used by the other arab nations as political pawns what happened in 67 six-day war where they screwed up completely and then israel took the west bank and gaza but the lie is they israel took the west bank and gaza from the palestinian people that is not true the West Bank and Gaza were taken from the Palestinian people from Jordan and Egypt, respectively. Israel took the West Bank from Jordan. Israel took Gaza from Egypt. That's how it went down. That's why this map here is the lie. Now, I don't know what else this website says about this being a lie but that's why I'm saying that this map is a lie. I'm not even going to bother reading the rest of it because the point is that this is one of my biggest beats about some of the discussions about the Arab-Israeli conflict that – or about the, the Arab-Israeli conflict overall, not just the Palestinian and, and Israeli issues, but the overall Arab-Israeli conflict because nobody puts enough responsibility in the, on the plight of the Palestinian people on the Jordanians – on the Jordanian government and on the Egyptian government because the Jordanian government made the decision to take over the West Bank and not just give it to the Palestinian people and allow them to have their own state. The Egyptian government made the decision to take the Gaza Strip away from the Palestinian people and keep it for themselves and not give it to the Palestinian people. It wasn't Israel that did that. It was those other governments that did that but yet Israel gets the blame for it. As I said in the other videos, there is plenty of stuff that Israel gets rightly blamed for. Plenty of stuff that you can rightly blame Israel for. This ain't one of them. This is one of many examples of the Arab nations using the Palestinian people as pawns because they would rather use their own people, use Palestinian people as pawns the, and in, in their attempts to try and destroy Israel, then allow these people to have you know full on rights in their own countries. That's one of the things that is often overlooked in this debate, especially from the people that want to attack Israel and want only want to put the blame on Israel. And I'm not saying that Israel does again. Israel should get. Blame when it deserves blame. And Israel deserves plenty of blame for things that it does that are wrong. But to only blame Israel and to not blame Jordan on this, to not blame Egypt on this, is to be willfully blind to the entirety of the issue. Because how could you make the Palestinian people a political pawn and be looked at as not the bad guy in that particular situation. I can't see how you how you don't, you're not the, you're not, I can't see it. I don't know if anybody else can see it either. I mean, unless you're just truly being anti-Semitic and just trying to be, trying to justify Hamas's actions. If you're trying to justify Hamas's actions, if you're trying to justify Hamas's existence and the reason for Hamas existing, which is to toss every Jew into the sea, then, sure, you're going to ignore anything, everything except for uh, Israel's wrongs. And then you're going to manufacture Israel wrongs as well to boot. And there's no need to manufacture Israeli wrongs because there are plenty of Israeli wrongs to look at. There's plenty there. Look, I'm, I'm a Jewish person. I'm not sitting here going to, going to sit here and blindly follow Israel. When they do wrong, I will call them out and especially Netanyahu. It was brought up in chat that they're married. One of, if you want to go back to my suggested conspiracy theory, that it's possible that if Netanyahu knew that an attack was potentially coming and he let it come, that it, was, it would be better for him politically to allow the attack to come and then respond to the attack because that makes him look stronger but also when Chad was brought up that by doing that, by, by allowing the attack to happen, it takes away the whole discussion about what's going on with the Supreme Court crap and his attempts to take away power from the Supreme Court and you know, to, to shield himself from you know, criminal liability in the investigations going on about him and his dealings and his sketchy behavior. Do I believe that – do I know that that's the case? No, I don't know that that's the case. But he's a politician, and I don't trust him as a politician. Do I believe that it's fully well possible that he would allow people to die to protect his own ass? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's very well possible that he might have he might have made a calculated risk and say I'm fine with with this happening because we could deal with it and maybe he didn't realize it would be as bad as it would be or maybe he just didn't know and maybe maybe it was really just a slip up of of intel and maybe they really didn't know that what that it was coming It's very well possible that that's the case too but it just benefits Netanyahu politically even if he didn't know, that now he can claim that he wants this unity government, that he's, he claims now that he's going to work more with everybody in the government and maybe ignore some of the more extreme factions of his coalition, and now he's going to work together, you know, try and help everybody to work together, try everybody sing Kumbaya in the Knesset. Yeah, okay, I don't believe you, Netanyahu. You, you've given us no reason for us to believe you. Elizabeth, you have said it better than anyone I've heard so far. It's very complex. Thank you, Elizabeth. And here's the thing, though. And here's – I'm going to start another day. Now, Elizabeth says, you have said it better than anyone I've heard so far. It's very complex. It is very complex. Although, I mean, I started off with saying the macro is simple. The 30,000 view is simple. It all comes down to conservatism. That's the simple answer. It all comes down to conservatism. But as you peel the layers, it gets very, very complex. The problem, And, and I could go in – I've had a desire not just to do those other videos that I've been doing at the end of each show, but to also start making videos about the issues between the, uh, the Israeli and Palestinian problem. And I've been wanting to do that because I think I have – I don't know if it's a unique view on it. Uh, but because of how I was raised, because I was raised Jewish, because I've been to Israel, because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a leftist progressive type person, because I reject, you know, Netanyahu, because I believe that the Palestinian pe- people deserve to have a state of their own, but I do support a two-state solution, because I was in Israel when Hezbollah was shelling, I, the day after I left the kibbutz they went into bomb shelters. You know, I've been there, you know, it was a little terrifying. Don't get me wrong. It was a little terrifying when that happened, but so I, my ideas on these issues is that, Hey, Cassie, hey. Um, is, has been that, you know, either a lot of people are going to agree with what I have to say, Because I'm coming at it from, I feel, from a fair, objective point of view, and I'm trying to be as fair and objective as possible, and I'm willing to put the blame, you know, where it rests, which is different places, and not being like a whataboutism type blame, but looking at honest, fair examples of where blame belongs. But then the other side of that coin is, you know, you might also have a lot of people who just might all hate what I have to say because I'm... Not willing to only blame one side or the other, because you have a lot of people when you're discussing this topic who only want to blame one side or the other. You have a lot of Jewish people who only want to blame the Palestinians, who only want to blame you know Hamas, who only want to blame one particular group. And you have a lot of you know people who are Palestinians who only want to blame the Jews, who only want to blame. You have people on, tox that one of the most toxic parts on TikTok is you'll have. Jewish people who are creating videos that have nothing to do with the Israeli Hamas issue and who will just comment free Palestine on something that has nothing to do with Israel or Palestine or anything but the fact. So those people are probably not going to be winnable because those people are just so hardened in their heart that they're not going to be able to see that, you know what, there is wrong that is being done on both on each side of this discussion. But as I said, again, even though you can, and and at the macro level look and see, again, it all comes down to conservatism and you can see generally speaking, how the wrongs done by people like Netanyahu do foster, um, you know, like with settlements and everything, it makes people more susceptible to be radicalized and maybe join Hamas. You, you then also see how the actions of Hamas from a macro level do make it more likely for people uh, on the Israeli side to become more radicalized and vote for people like Netanyahu and how that's a cycle and that's a wheel that needs to be broken. With, with all that being said, again, none of that justifies any, any particular bad action. There's no whataboutism about the particular individual singular actions about kidnapping children and kidnapping the elderly. There's no there's, – there's no, anybody who tries to say anything about – when somebody says Hamas was wrong about kidnapping those kids or kidnapping those elderly people. Anybody who tries to then say, well, you know, you have the situation where Gaza isn't – no. If you cannot say – Hamas is wrong for kidnapping children and if you cannot say Hamas is wrong for kidnapping elderly people or you cannot say that Hamas is wrong for kidnapping anybody who is an innocent, innocent civilian, then you're part of the problem because you are, you are then playing the whataboutism game. That's whataboutisms. Just like when it, outside, of this, uh, outside of this whole thing – You know, if we're talking about settlements, I will say Netanyahu is wrong for supporting people who go build settlements on the West Bank. But what about? No, there's no what abouts. It's wrong for that to happen. There's no excuse for that. None whatsoever. The people who say, who want to say that we should, or that Israel should flatten Gaza. No, that's wrong. That would be wrong to do. That would be a war crime that would be a violation of the Geneva convention that would be absolutely wrong to do because you would be killing willfully killing innocent people you'd be you'd be just as bad as Hamas at that point you need to only go after the people who did the kidnappings you know and that there's a difference between going after the people that did the kidnappings and having you know civilian casualties that are on the side and, and, and which are unfortunate, and just flattening the entire Gaza Strip. It's two different things. You want to minimize civilian casualties as much as possible, which is what Israel claims to do and what somebody on the media confirmed with at least one Palestinian person that they do, that they do when they make those phone calls, because at least one Palestinian citizen confirmed that he was on the phone with Israel for 45 minutes while they made sure that a building was emptied before they... Flattened it, but again, if you cannot say that Hamas is wrong for kidnapping children, kidnapping the elderly, and if you're going to try and make some excuse for it, then you're part of the problem. There is no free Palestine excuse for that. There is no, you know, is but Israel. No, there is no buts. That's wrong. No excuses for it. And whoever did that needs to be punished. Period. End of story. And you're not going to change my mind. Let's see. Trucker John, I'm not against unions, but I'm going to have a contractor. And that's what I like for me. Yeah, That's for Uber. So let's talk. I'll, I'll talk about the Uber thing for a second, too, because I, I was going to talk about that. Let's go back for a second. Uh, Bibi is an evil genius versus Trump being an evil buffoon, but he learned a lot from Trump's buffoonery. Netanyahu is going to succeed in turning a democracy into an autocracy with this. Unfortunately, you, you could potentially be right, and if it is, I'll continue to be critical of uh bb i I, I, when did he become bb that's what i wanted that's one of the things i want to know like for a while for a while it was just netanyahu but then all of a sudden it became bb i'm like what what the hell when did that ever happen um let's see um kimchi i am pro jew anti-israel um and, and that's another thing that people don't understand, that people people think that just because you, you you are against the actions of Israel, that somehow you're anti-Jew, you're anti-Semitic, and that's not true at all. Um, and I appreciate you pointing that out, Kimchi. Um, See so how does reason? See how does reason rise to the top in the war of faiths? How do you compromise when all sides believe God is with them and against your enemy? Um, I mean, well, with Judaism in and of itself, Judaism is supposed to not reject other faiths in that and, it, and in Islam, Islam is supposed to believe that, you know, that Jews are their cousins. So you're suppo- they're supposed to be hand-in-hand hand, as I understand it, at least. There's not supposed to be this, this conflict between the two. It, there shouldn't be this, this big, big dilemma, this big mess between the two. The problem is is that, is that faith, it's, a, it's the difference between faith and religion. Faith is one thing. Religion often distorts and, and warps faith into something that it's not supposed to be um danny doesn't want to talk about letting the palestinians vote palestinians can vote in order to vote in in israel as a palestinian you have to accept and and become you have to be an israeli citizen which means you have to accept the idea that israel has the right to exist as a state which many people are unwilling to do um which is one of the reasons i think that there should be a two-state solution uh, because the Palestinians there's there's too much bad blood there, so Palestinians should be able to self-govern within their territories, and the Israelis should be able to self-govern within their territories. There should be free and fair elections within the Palestinian territories, there should be free and fair elections within the Israeli territories. There's again there's a Palestinian Supreme Court justice on the Israelis on this in the Sanhedrin in the Supreme Court of 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 the uh, or at least there was in the Supreme Court of, of Israel, so <laughs> BB because he's a baby. I don't know. I mean, probably because it's Benjamin or Binya. Well, Benjamin, the Hebrew word for Benjamin is Binyamin. So Binyamin would be B. So maybe it's BB because it's Binyamin and BB. But it was never BB before. It was always just Benjamin Netanyahu, or people just call him Netanyahu. I don't know when BB became a thing like for the longest time it was it was benjamin or it was benjamin nahu and then and i never heard Bibi until like his second second coming to the second coming of netanyahu so to speak um let's see I am missing something that's going on in this chat between Benny and John. I don't know what's going on. I'd have to scroll back. Wes, are you saying does not work that way, what, for Israeli voting? We can look it up. Twenty percent of the citizens of Israel are Arab Palestinians. Uh unlike Palestinians in the occupied West Bank or Gaza, they have voting rights. So if you're a Israeli if you were an Israeli citizen of Israel and you're an Arab Palestinian, you have the right to vote, Wes. Um Let's see, boo, 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 boo. Let's just try and scroll up to this whole thing.
1: God damn
0: it. What happened?
1: They drop liquid on this picture and it is stuck to the frame.
0: Lovely. I just needed, I just needed to do so nobody had to hear that. <laughs> All right. So let's see, back to this. Can um, someone give me a TLDR on, on what's going on with the union conversation? I'm trying to figure out what is going on with that because I can't, I can't quite figure out I'm, I'm I'm lost it between all the other conversations so um wes, that's my wonderful wife in the background she's working on some I think craft stuff and dealing with the fact that my kids made a stupid mess in the background and has been told to clean up and they haven't cleaned up oh, and it's what? been very annoying' I'm
1: getting the ring. all going. all of it I don't care anymore
0: all union here all good (laughs) okay i mean yes i am definitely pro-union i mean i worked for i did uber and lyft as well um there was one time where i was i was called for a Lyft rod and they wanted to go from new orleans to dallas and i was like look if, if i could take you to from New Orleans to Dallas, I would definitely take you, but I would have to take you on Uber and not Lyft because Lyft won't pay me to go all that way, but Uber will. So if we, we would need to do it on an Uber, but it, it turned out that I couldn't really go anyway because I had a work meeting that next day. So I wasn't able to do it. So, but I coordinated, I think with them to go, to go with somebody else, but I did take them to go. Um, I did take them to go some other place to go pick up something else that they needed or wanted And then end up having uh, somebody um, spilling a lot of their stems and seeds all over the back of my vehicle. So I had to do some vacuuming the next day. (laughs) So anyway. I think I did do enough of the chat about the Arab-Israeli-Palestinian things. One of the things I have a problem with is I have a problem calling it the Palestinian-Israeli problem. But even though it is a Palestinian-Israeli problem, because at least with the conflict right now, the conflict right now is between Israel and Hamas. It shouldn't be a conflict between Israel and Palestinian because Hamas is the one that started this conflict and so the conflict shouldn't be between Israel and Hamas, not Israel and the Palestinians in general. So to say that it's a conflict between Israel and the Palestinians is a problem because the Palestinians who are not part of Hamas shouldn't be, shouldn't be made to suffer because of it. It should only be a problem between Israel and the Hamas folks who did this, the Hamas terrorists. And of course, the conservatives here are trying to be like, why can't anybody call this a terrorist attack? Of course, the day it happened, the Biden administration condemned the terrorist attack. So, the you know, conservatives are going to conservatives are going to conservatives. Conservatives are going to lie. But anyway, um, yeah, let's let's just pull up this and get the this. So, this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the Left. That's or today's episode of Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Um, I'm calling into the Gibson Media Show tomorrow. I may very well stream it tomorrow. So if you don't want to hear Gibson Media on the show, just don't bother listening tomorrow if I'm on the air tomorrow. Fair warning. It's me calling into his show, not him calling to mine. Just fair warning. Otherwise, Wednesday, I'm going to have Britt Gadolfi on as my guest at ATM, and Then we'll talk about the other issues of the day. So until either tomorrow or Wednesday. The Dan's for the Radio. Off to the left. That's right.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?